It's Oscar time. <gasps> My God, we're Oscars. here. Oh, the pageantry. Oh, the pageantry. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences Awards of Merit. Yes. Welcome to our bonus edition of Art Time of the Month. Uh, Miss Wendy, who are you wearing? I am wearing my pajamas from last night. Yes. Yay. Because it's a podcast and you can't see how filthy I am Exactly. I am wearing a cheeky t-shirt by a gay artist that says, nevertheless, she persisted. Fantastic. Yes. Yay. Neither of us have showered. No. we have donuts. We have donuts. We are sitting across the room uh, looking at each other. Welcome to the Dolby Theater. Hello. Yes. Um, okay. We did a better job hosting just now. Just now. Just, there it was. Did you see it? Yes. Did you see it? The hosting. I am so excited for this episode because I, I, so full disclosure, I did not see as many movies as I've seen in years past. Mm -hmm. I just don't know why I was not, it was not my headspace. However, I'm very excited for this because I feel like, I feel like this episode, we're either going to strengthen our friendship or it will end. (laughs) Because I have like... Do you feel like we're that divided? Well, no, I don't think we're that divided. I just feel like I have very strong opinions about some things. And I'm curious to see... You know I have strong opinions about things. I'm curious to see where we're going to land. Okay. Because I have strong opinions about things and even like things about... We'll get into it. We'll get into it. First of all... (laughs) Okay, let's start with this. Let's start with the fact that there was no host. Uh Uh-huh. So how did you feel about no host? I loved it. You know what? I don't agree with... I don't... <laughs> no, I don't disagree with that. Perfect. Okay. Here's my thought on that. Go... Because as the aficionado, you know... Okay. I missed the opening number. Yes. Having like a big host for that opening monologue slash like fun parodies of blah, blah, blah. Yep. I missed that. But I loved that there was no host because it moved so much quicker. The pacing of the whole show was like... Still over three hours, as it's always going to be. Yeah. But it was it was lovely. We also, I loved it because I feel like they got it right having those three women come out. Correct. And being like... That's all the hosting you really need yeah, for it. But it, I feel like the Oscars does not need a host. Mm-hmm. And it's with all of the negative ratings that they've been having over the last like five, six years... It doesn't need a host. Mm-hmm. It 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 is fine just as it is because that made people who were presenting that made those presenter moments that were good much more exciting, much and more less exciting. scripted. Exactly. And, yeah. mm-hmm. it, there was, and we also weren't like silently rooting or judging a one person the entire night. Correct. Like if a bit didn't land, we weren't holding it against them. We're like, oh, that person did an awful job. Blah blah blah. Exactly. Also, I mean, it was also because we had Bohemian Rhapsody this year. I thought starting it out with the Queen stuff was actually a really ingenious way to do it. It was. It'll be interesting to see what happens for next year. I, but I honestly don't think that we need a host because, yeah. you know, we have, I, I feel like at this point it's just there. It's, it, we just, we're so hopeful going it in. It was tradition. It was this yeah. like longstanding thing that like everybody kept doing, even though they knew that it was pushing the show into the four hour mark. And it was like, no, it was, it, we're in a time now where it's unnecessary. We've yeah. outgrown the days of Bob Hope and Billy Crystal and yeah. Let's move forward, right? So thanks, Kevin Hart, with your latent homophobia. Yeah, you've, you've now ruined it for anyone who ever thought about yeah, wanting to host the Oscars if anyone again. anyone ever wants to host again, they'll be 
awful. It was a great everyone one. was like, now we, we know that we don't need a host for what it. What was it? Anymore. 1989, right? 1989 was the last time there was no host. They, they did it. They've done it one other time. Did they? I didn't know that. So I, I remember everyone saying, it's like, I think it was 1989. It was like, it was the only other time they did it where there was no host. Mm-hmm. And then there was hosts, you know, but other, the other 90 years of the fucking Oscars, right? Yeah. There's all the 89 years of yeah. the fucking Oscars. There's been a host. I think in this moment, I just burped a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was I mean, the donut. get it out. I have to think at this moment, I'm getting so excited. I, I know. <laughs> there does not need to be a host anymore because I loved it. Yeah. It did not, I didn't feel as draggy uh-huh. as it usually does. Yes, correct. Um, so, so, okay. So our friendship is still intact. Our friendship is still intact. We'll check Moving in. forward. We will check in with the friendship. We'll let you know how our friendship survives this. Moving forward. Yes. Okay. Let's talk. You touched a little bit on Queen. Let's talk about the performances that happened throughout the night. Queen opened the show with Adam Lampert. Now, Adam Lampert had that amazing moment at the Kennedy Center Honors in mm-hmm. December where he honored Cher mm-hmm. with his ballad of Believe. And we yeah. all wept like like weepy. Yeah. Weepy I was children. like, I do believe, Adam. I, I do. Know. We are there with you. So the fact that he opened the show with Queen. Who he's performed with. Like he has he gone has, on tour with them. With them. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he's a big voice and I saw him interviewed on the red carpet and he was saying that like... With the cuff? Yeah. Somebody mm-hmm. kept saying, or somebody asked him like, you know, have you, did the, the boys in the band tell you all the stories, the old stories of Freddie? And mm-hmm. um, and he said, yeah, a bit, but mainly they tell me that like Freddie would have gotten a kick out of me and, and vice versa. And let, that like, I think we really would have been friends. And I, I kind of, I see that. Yeah. And it was kind of lovely. That's also a really gracious thing because like you can't... The thing about Queen the entire night was like, I did love how anytime someone won for Bohemian Rhapsody, it was an immediate deference to them. Correct. Like, cause they weren't all the, they weren't in the front, uh-uh. you know, they were barely in the front half. Mm-hmm. Like it was immediate deference to them. If they passed them, they just like, yeah. thank you so much. Like they're, they really, it was so much of that, yeah. that I loved. I thought and the performance was good. Yeah, those boys can still rock. I wish that they would have played Bohemian Rhapsody, though, instead of We Will Rock You. Yeah. Because um, although We Will Rock You is like a good like crowd starter, yeah. like people would have gone apeshit for Bo Rap. It's also like, that's the name of the fucking movie. Like, I know. <laughs> like it's, I know. How could you not do Bohemian Rhapsody on time? Or at that, least like yeah. do a montage or some kind of like, you know, medley. But yeah, Or like, anyway. yeah, because it would have been interesting to see. It would have been fun if there was like a host to have like, people come up and do different parts of Bohemian Rhapsody uh-huh. because it's so beloved. Uh-huh. You know, I yeah. love the moment with Mike Myers and, you know, Dana yes. Carvey, which was, yeah. which I thought was great. That was wonderful. Um, but anyway, so the other performances. Other performances. Okay. So down the line, we had Jennifer Hudson. We had Bette Midler. We had Country Bumpkins. We had, <laughs> there I said it. <laughs> then we had. <laughs> I may you- have gone to the bathroom for an extended <laughs> period of time during that one. <laughs> Like, don't you go fall away from that microphone. You get back here. Then we had, um, of course, Lady Gaga. Shalalalalo. Yes. Shalalalalo. Um, I'm, I think the most disappointing thing was that we didn't get Kendrick Lamar. I know. I was like, where is the Black Panther? It was the only song nominated that was not performed. And I'm wondering if they did that in lieu of Queen. Mm-hmm. But... I it heard, needed it yeah. should have had a moment it should have had a moment it would have been great because like it would have added to just the breadth of the songs that were nominated yeah but like you know yeah kendrick you got your pulitzer that's great whether i don't know why you didn't want to come but i feel like i feel like it could have used it you know yeah 
It could have used it. It could have. It definitely would have given uh, the night some variety. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Hudson, I'd like to talk about that performance. Okay. Which I felt, I mean, Jennifer Hudson can stand wherever and sing her face off. This performance, I was not pleased with. No, I was not either. I felt like she was sharp the whole time. I may have gotten a snack. Uh, you know what? I would have too. She was, um, I think her costume worked against her. Her her gown in this moment yes. worked against her. So she was in like a sh- costume change, obviously. She was in like a black dress pantsuit with like a nod to a judge's robe, yeah. to the justice robes, which was this giant black robe that billowed out behind her and forced her to stand completely statuesque and still throughout the whole performance. So it was boring to watch. Yeah. They also didn't do the whole song. No. And it's like, my thing is like, yeah, she wasn't great, but like it's Jennifer Hudson. She has an Oscar for singing a song. Yeah. Let her sing the whole goddamn song. Yeah. We don't have like Kendrick Lamar is not yeah. there. Actually, she has an Oscar for performance, not for a song. She did not win for a song. No, well She won for Dream Girls. Though. She won for Dream Girls. So she won for that song. She won for that song. Like she she won because I and I'm telling you I'm not going. Correct. Just like uh Anne Hathaway won for Dream to Dream. Yeah. But like but that's that that's always my joke with Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. It's like, you know, she won yeah. for singing a song. I mean, granted, yeah. she's also she's also very talented. Yeah, we're totes, not. Good. I totes, don't want totes. I don't want Jennifer Hudson stands. <laughs> um, so we're still in agreement. We're still checking. Yeah. checking in. Good. We're still checking in. I mean, I saw Jennifer Hudson in the color purple. She knocked me off my ass. She sings live. She can perform like a beast in yeah. any arena. Oscars, Oscar night was just boring. It yeah. was boring. And I mean, she sang. The year the Dreamgirls was nominated too, she sang with Beyonce and Anika Noni Rose. Like, like yeah. that was a fun, energetic performance. This performance lacked energy. It wasn't. It didn't feel energetic to me. So I was bored. Yeah. I was also bored with Bette Midler. Gaze, forgive me. I was bored. We're still in agreement. We're still, friends. Yes. <laughs> still yes. in agreement. Yes. Yeah. It was like you know she wasn't bad. The but song is boring. The, music the song is boring. is boring. No offense, Mark Shaman, but you know yeah. that's also I think why Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Jennifer Lewis was there because her and Mark Shaman are friends. Yeah, but um, yeah, the song was boring. And as someone who is admittedly, I have not yet seen Mary Poppins. I haven't either. So because I also I love original Mary Poppins, so I'm Same. not I'm not mentally here yet for it. Same. However, why couldn't we just get? Emily Blunt to do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And I mean, I will say this Bette Midler is 73 years old. Yes. And she looks amazing. Yeah. She looked great. She, she, I wasn't here for that dress she was wearing. It was weird. Yeah. She looks great, but she was like in a weird, like bathing suit with a sheer overlay. And she looks beautiful. She is beautiful. But I felt like that. She sounded good, but the song was boring. Song was boring. Dress was a little weird for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, country, country duo. Country I don't want to, I don't want to call them bumpkins again. I feel like that's being mean. <laughs> Am I being mean? It's a, it's a value. It's a, it's a judgment. It's a judgment, but and it's mean and unfair because I doubt we have, I don't, I don't know, but we don't know anything about them. I don't know anything about them. And I, is it going to make me want to watch the ballad of Buster Scruggs? Goddamn. No. I mean, no. I might cause I like the Coens, but I won't, you know, yeah. Yeah. 
I won't. I didn't listen to it. I definitely got up and I may have made a snack and gone to the bathroom. (laughs) I think I definitely like had to pee then or something. Whatever. So now it brings us to to the Lady Gaga and the Bradley Cooper. And what you don't know, listener, is that I am uh, I'm slowly going over to uh, Wendy right now. And I'm just going to put my head gently next to hers. Uh-huh. And as she plays the piano. Correct. And I'm going to start off. My first note's going to be flat. And uh-huh. it, <laughs> it's okay. Tell me something, girl. Yeah, a little bit. It was a little bit like that. I did like how they staged it and filmed uh-huh. it. I thought that like having them that come. That moment that they came up the stairs to the piano was yeah. lovely. It was beautiful. Having it come from the, the, the that side because that was also very much how the it was. filming that happened from the stage facing out lovely yeah i thought all of that was beautiful now let's go (laughs) i felt that the performance was really intimate yes um i you know we've heard the song the song is better in the movie yeah um, it's also like not the best song. On I the know sound, somebody on the was like, I think my cousin was like, "But is Shallow a good song?" And I was like, "I don't know that it's a good song, mm. but it was definitely like the song of Oscar season." Yeah, and for that, it has its place. You know, like yeah. I, I was here for the the performance. I think it would have been weird if she sang it without Bradley Cooper. Yes. So I appreciated mm-hmm. that that was a moment that he sang with her. Yes. I wasn't like sitting in front of my TV weeping over it or anything, but mm-hmm. I was here for it. I mean, you know, my favorite song on the album is Hair, Hair Body Face. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, <laughs> so I'm already here. I, but like, yeah, it was, it was also just like when they're doing it, you can, she's over enunciating, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, falling like <laughs> I, just, I that and the sha la 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 lo I'm like oh god a la 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 long a la 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 long 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 that's what I thought when they did it uh, but oh, no. it was intimate it was good I feel like all of this buzz around how like is she in love with him and I'm like no that's so stupid it's so stupid they want they're actors like yeah. they just they they're actors they're Oscar nominated actors Correct. they wanted you to feel like they loved each other because they were fucking actors they were doing their job because they were doing okay. their job all right guys. and you know what wendy there can be a hundred people in a room mm-hmm. and 99 of them won't believe in you but one and bradley cooper was that one i <laughs> i'm shaking my head at you <laughs> you've seen the video right yeah okay thank yeah. you yeah. listener in case you're not up to it there's a youtube video of Lady Gaga telling that same anecdote over all of her press tour yeah. for her Star Is yeah. Born, and yeah, she's like, you know, I may have said this before, but there can be, <laughs> oh yeah, your people in the room. She said it maybe more than once before. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, those are our thoughts on that's on the performance. Neither here nor there. Neither here. Yeah. And those were the performances, and obviously shallow one, which we knew it would. Yes. Um, and you know. Her speech, like her, her speech was lovely. the sheer joy and shock. That's what I love about the Oscars yeah. is like the absolute release of joy. Like my favorite Oscar moment ever was Roberto Benigni standing up when he won for Life mm-hmm. is Beautiful and standing on the chairs and walking over people to get to the stage because he just exuded joy in this yeah. moment. Like when your life's work is honored like that, yeah, um, it was and like, beautiful. It was it was like. It was such an authentic reaction because, like, you know, yeah, she was the favorite to win, but 
like it was such an authentic reaction. I was like, wow, you really didn't think you were going to win or she just had no idea. Yeah. And I did love how like they let her talk just like Mark yeah. Ronson, get your, get your hardware, but let Lady Gaga do the fucking They knew talking. their place there. Yeah. They knew their place. Yeah. Because people know Mark Ronson's name as much as they know her name. There were two other songwriters on that that literally were just background there. And they all three of them knew their place. Yeah, you know? like, let, let Stephanie her, talk. <laughs> this is her moment. Back up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the big awards. Okay. The big, big awards that won Best Actor and Best Actress went to Rami Malek and Olivia Coleman. Uh-huh. <laughs> actor in a supporting role went to Mahershala Ali for Greenville. <laughs> Be begrudgingly went to Mahershala. Did you have? Well, uh, we'll talk. Can we talk about your ballot? Well, finish and then we'll talk yes. about your ballot. Then we had actress in a supporting role, Regina King, which was the first award of the night. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about those big four. Uh, I also want to talk about the fact that Spike Lee finally won a competitive Oscar for screenwriting, but not for directing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the best picture, <sighs> Lord Jesus. Okay. So, so let's go. Big so awards. The big awards. Um, let's start with Regina King. Let's start so with the way Regina. They do, let's do the Oscars do it. Let's start with Regina King. Sure. Regina. Damn right. Yeah. Damn that fucking was right. Such joy. Everybody knew. Like and within that category and within who she was up against, like we knew it was going to her. There was no other choice there. Um I mean there were other choices there, but any other choice would have been a crushing upset. Um yeah. her work in that movie was just beautiful. It was lovely. Yeah. And she looked amazing in that oh, light. Yeah. She looked amazing. She looked. Hip. She also had the best reactions of, of of the entire night. She was like her mom being there, uh-huh. um, fucking Captain America giving her his helping arm, her helping her up. Her up. I was like, let yes, you lift a queen, lift a queen up, yes, Captain America, you lift up a queen, lift up a queen. Absolutely. Ugh, I so loved yes, it. long overdue. Long, long, long overdue. overdue. Um, <laughs> there was a meme that I saw that was funny where it was like. Uh, Regina King winning Best Supporting Actress goes to show that uh, anybody who was in um, Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde has won an Oscar, and it showed... Oh, my God. It showed her, because she's in it as the chief of staff for Sally Field, who won an Oscar, Grease Witherspoon won an Oscar, Octavia Spencer, who's also Oh, my God. They've all won Oscars, and they're all in that movie. And that movie, I've never seen. Uh, mm, Okay. I mean, it doesn't surprise me, but... You'll see it on a plane, I'm sure. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'll see it on a plane. Next time when you're on a plane, you'll be like, wow, Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde. When I write my memoirs, I'll call it, nice. I'll see it on a plane. Yes, exactly. That'll be. So I saw this movie on a plane. There you go. Um, okay. Uh, Rami Malek. Well. <laughs> well. Yeah. Well, have it, you still not seen Bohemian Rhapsody? I have not. Okay. I don't know if I want to now. Uh-huh. I get that. I get it. Who did you have? Did I, you have Rami Malek? I did have Rami Malek. Okay. Yeah. Who? So you. So when you fill out your ballot, do yeah. you do your honest to God in your heart truth, or do you go what's going to win? This is a good question because. It can go either way. Like you can be like, I know that this person's going to win, but I'm rooting for this person. Mm-hmm. And so generally when I fill out a ballot, I, I'm i pretty well researched when I've mm-hmm. seen the movies. So I 
would like to think that the clear winner to me is who would win, right? And in most cases, that was aligned. I thought that it was going to go to Glenn Close. Yes. I was dead set on like this so is her Olivia year Coleman. she's going to win. <laughs> Everybody thought Glenn Close this was her year. She's a seven-time nominee. She come she came up she came dressed as a fucking Oscar. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um so I really thought that that was what was going to go down. Um it was not. And then the one category that I was like I know it won't go this way but I'm really rooting for Spike Lee was in directing. I, I you know there are certain categories where yeah. I'm like I'm rooting for that upset and I want that to be the case. Um Barry Jenkins didn't get a nom, huh? No, he did not. Yeah. Yeah, which was stupid. Um so yeah, I it's it's generally a, a little bit of both. So so Rami Malek, right? Yeah. He, First of all, there's there's an entire there's an entire community of people right now and of queer writers out there who are, you know, the thing that they focused on with his speech specifically is that he had he had like an opportunity to really say some things, but the thing that they focused on with his speech is that they um, he called Freddie Mercury gay. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's a whole thing where people are like, was he gay? Is he bi? Like, what's you know mm-hmm. what's going on? And I'm like, you know what? Like, we will never know because he's not here and yeah. he's not here. We can't ask him. Mm-hmm. But I feel like maybe that's not what we focus on. Maybe we focus on the fact that like you know it was his portrayal, and at the end of the day, it would have been nice to have like a gay man portray it, portray you know, or someone who is queer portray someone who is queer. But that's not what we got. Um, I did like, I did like his speech and I thought that it was very, I thought that it was appropriate. I mean, Mm -hmm. did it blow me out of the way? He could have said a lot more. He could have used it as a moment, as a platform to do things, but he didn't, but he made it very personal. I, Rami Malek is boring. I thought his speech (laughs) was boring. I, every time I've seen him on the junket, we are still friends because this is not, he's boring. He has like a weird sandpaper personality to me and that's Mm. that whatever so cool i'm glad he got his moment and actually like half smiled yeah i'm glad um he had a too long kiss with his date and i did enjoy that uh nobody thanked brian singer yeah i Mm -hmm. agree with that um okay i want to talk a little bit about um olivia coleman's moment because everybody thought it was going to go to glenn close um and it wound up going to olivia coleman and that was, I think, the biggest upset in the major categories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she was also such a delight when she won. Yeah. That everyone, like, had to forgive her. Even Glenn Close in that moment was, like, so happy for her, you know. Mm-hmm. And Olivia Coleman thanking Glenn Close in that moment that, like, you've been my hero for so long and this isn't how I wanted this to work out. Yes. was, like, was yeah. so lovely. Um, so I feel like there's allowance in that yeah Yeah, i think so too i think that a lot of people were like glenn close is the front runner yeah but like the one of the better performances was olivia coleman as queen anne as Mm -hmm. in the favorite like it was very people could not deny that she was a powerhouse but like in the year where it's like it could it was going to go to glenn close it's like okay you know whatever so i think for her it was just as much a 
um, just as much um, an upset. And it was just so just delightful. It's so nice to see people just be like, I have no idea. I'm not supposed to. I'm really not supposed to be here. Yeah. But, you know, you like me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to put off talking about Mahershala Ali and Green Book. And yeah. We'll just... We're going to do that. I mean, if you listened to January, then we could just shelve the whole Green Book conversation. Yeah. We, we will... Uh, we'll give space to other oh, things. Oh, we're going to talk about the White Savior movies later. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much for that. Okay. Um, so, let's talk about um, Spike Lee. So, before we do that, let's... <laughs> I love... Allison um, uh, Brie Larson. I always get the mix. Allison Brie and Brie Larson. Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson coming out. Yeah. You know, Samuel L. Jackson. Morehouse. Uh, the Morehouse connection. Yeah. So the fact that, like, he's so happy for his brother. Um, and, like, the when the, the envelope was open and he screamed the house. Yeah. Like, historical black colleges. Like, that was such a moment of pride for everyone from Morehouse. And and in that moment, like, Spike Lee jumped up. Everyone freaked out, you know? So the symbolism there of Spike Lee being able to receive his first competitive Oscar from his brother Mm -hmm. was, like, beautiful. Yeah. And then when he jumped up and humped his leg, go ahead. Yeah, I was like, wow, I didn't know Spike Lee was that, was that, the spry. Oh yeah. Yeah. He a little tiny. You know, a lot of people talk about the fact that Spike Lee's speech while it was powerful, it wasn't delivered well. Um, and the fact that he had to read it and I'm like, Spike Lee, a never claimed to be an actor. So, Mm -hmm. and he's not a public speaker either. So he hires people to do, he hires people to do that. He has people telling the stories for him, you know, but they are inherently his stories. So when he talked about, you know, his grandmother saving up all of her pension and social security to, to put him through college and NYU film school. And like, like, like the stories that he has to tell are so, so, so powerful and wonderful but you know yeah he was reading off of like you know a yellow steno pad and like you know and it was it was choppy and it was you know but he talked about choosing love over hate and you know and then our president called that a racist attack on him which is oh yeah to make the moral choice yeah but like he never even said like the thing about his name at all it's just one of those things where it's like well you've already admitted that you're not the moral choice because you think this is a racist speech but yeah Mm. Yeah, so really happy for him in that moment, but I'm I'm still mad that this was the first time in 30 years he was nominated in the directing category. Yep. And that's where I really wanted to see him win. Yeah. So that's it cuz he won for adapted screenplay. Yeah. Um, he deserved a directing nomination. Which, yeah, he deserved that directing nomination because Black Klansman also I feel should have won best picture of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you and I see that together? No. No. I saw that at 9 p.m. at the lot where me and my uh, my companion, uh, I was going to say something else, uh, me and my friend, uh-huh. I was like, the companion's the only word, me and my friend were the only people of color. Oh. And we sat next to a older white woman and her 12-year-old son. Oh, that's right. We talked about this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's how I saw Black Klansman. God, I love that movie. It was so powerful. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. beautiful. Um... Okay. Um, documentary feature was an upset mm-hmm. that went to free solo and everybody was thinking it was going to go to RBG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was also consequently like the worst speech of the night ever. Was free solo? Was free solo. It was like 
weird and like, I'll say something, then you say something, then you say something, then I'll say something. And then uh, also, was was it just me or was her dress entirely see-through? It was awful. I mean, like, no, I mean, not to live, not to distill a woman's achievements down to how she looks, but like, (laughs) you know, it was, yeah, I was like, Ooh, girl, good for you wearing underwear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit just about like the highlights of the awards. So period, end of sentence. One for documentary short subjects. Did you see it? I did see it. I was I saw it very late at night, and so I was kind of like falling asleep while watching it. But mm-hmm. that moment, though, and that acceptance speech, yes, oh, was wonderful. Yeah. About again, and we've talked about this too, like mm-hmm. dispelling like period shaming and um, yeah, and so to be on the microphone and to say like a period should end a sentence, not a, a girl's education and yeah. and to be like a, a movie about a period just won an Oscar. And that's to yeah. have that kind of platform was and to have like wonderful all women of color, all women. There were so many women winning. Yeah. Even from bow, like, yeah, like all of like anime, two queer women, too. two queer women, women winning for bow, like, all across the... I have goosebumps right now. There were women, women of color winning in like almost every category. It was beautiful. Um, we need to talk about Black Panther production design. Yes. And uh, costume and design. Costume. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, my God. So I already... Like I knew the moment that I saw Black Panther that if it did not win costume design, that there is no justice. Yeah. I mean, there's still no justice. We'll get yeah. to it. But... Yeah, she deserved to win. That was beautiful. And it was so great that she got to, that Ruth Carter got to get up there and thank Spike Lee Yeah, mm-hmm. for giving her her start on Malcolm X mm-hmm. and have this full circle moment with Black Panther. Yeah. It was so poetic and lovely. No, yeah. And her dress was, her dress was, Wakanda. I, mean, I was yeah. like Wakanda forever. And it was a Wakanda ball gown real. And it was real. two black women, right? So it was these two women mm-hmm. who were also the first women or the first black women to win in those categories. Ruth Carter has been nominated before. Um, I'm not sure if she was the first black woman to win in that category. Something there, there's a, know. there's a superlative of some sort with the two of them specifically winning in those categories. Okay. Production so, design. It was the first time a black woman was nominated and, and won. won. Yeah. Yeah. And she's young. Yeah, she is. And so talented. It's, it's only going to go up from there. I am so thrilled to see yeah. that kind of diversity winning. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of years ago we talked about like Oscar so white. And that mm-hmm. was the conversation that was happening was that it was white people across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is certainly like crumpled up and thrown away now because yeah. we can't go back. We can't go backwards. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much forward movement this year. Um, uh, I, and then there wasn't, but yes. And then there wasn't. So Roma won for a lot of things. Did you yeah. see Roma? I did not. Okay. So I watched it the morning of All the All 14 hours? <laughs> I did. I did. Um, Your post about it was like, like, Roma's beautiful. I'm seven hours in and I'm halfway done. Yeah, pretty much. It was a long ass movie, but I watched it the morning of the Mm -hmm. Oscars because I knew it was going to win for cinematography. I knew it was going to win for director and I wanted to like see the hype, you know? Yeah. And that was a movie that so many people were like, oh, it's beautiful, but boring. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. Uh, And it was. You know, there were some lovely moments in there, but yeah. it was, 
It was also a, a beautiful love letter to indigenous women and uh-huh. to women's stories of... To invisible work. To invisible work. Yeah. Um, and so it was... I, I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. I, I mean, people have been like, oh, I was floored every single moment of that movie, blah, blah, blah. I, I won't say all that. Yeah, I was... Yeah. And then at that point, it's like, girl, pl- calm down. I mean, it, visually, every moment in that movie is a photograph. Every moment in that movie is beautiful. But, you know, mm-hmm. I... Yeah. Uh, yeah. What I, will, what I appreciate <laughs> from Alfonso Coron is that anytime he went up there, he, the first thing he did was like, Yalizia, and mm-hmm. like, he thanked the two of them because... The women, yeah. He was just... It was just so cognizant of the fact that like, they made the movie and he's the only one that's going to be able to talk about it. So it's yeah. like Yalitzia, like l- yeah. them. We love Say them. Say their names. Say their names. Say their names. Exactly. Also Yalitzia with her beautiful. mother. I was like, beautiful. Yes. I know. Yes. You are at the ball girl. You yes. are at the Welcome ball. Welcome to the party. Welcome yes. to the party. And then Alfonso Caron with his kids, like his kid <laughs> with his stupid son making faces every second. I was like, shut up. I was Leave like, at home. you're at the Oscars. Get you're... a babysitter. Yeah. Like, Leave him at home. Yeah, call your Roma. Call call his Roma. To take on. Um, Get when, a babysitter. When Guillermo del Toro was like, I can pronounce this name. <laughs> I know. Also, I just feel like Oscars. Leave your children at home. <laughs> Do you need to bring your children to the Oscars as a date? Like it's like it's child that care. feels mean to me. That feels like you're going to make your kids sit through four hours of ceremony. No kid wants to do that. We know that you know. It's like we know in that uncomfortable shoes and itchy dresses. Come we, on, we have like childcare problems in this country. <laughs> but you would think that like, you would think that a film about a woman who takes care of another person's children yeah. and he brought his own children to them. Yeah, <laughs> leave them at home, dude. Come yeah, on, that come would have been a perfect time to just leave them at home. <laughs> it would have been. Okay. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the animated shorts. So this is this moment I had to tell you about, which is a full a full circle moment for you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, so every year in my classroom, I host an Oscar party. Uh, yes, and I I have a, a little red carpet moment, and I tell the kids to get fancy, and they come in, and it's like it's our thing every year, and it's it's really totally self serving because it's my thing, and I yes. like I like make them care about it. You like walk the red. <laughs> I, I love straight it. Up did I was like I am serving the children. The Friday afternoon. <laughs> You're welcome. Fill out that ballot. Anyway, I had some children who like got in it this year. They did their research. They watched their films. They were like, my mom won't let me watch that one because it's rated R. I was like, it's okay, boo. But then they like read up on it and they like did the work, right? So we watched <laughs> all of the animated shorts. Not all of them because um, animal behavior wasn't so appropriate to, yeah. for me to show my students. So we watched Bao, we watched Late Afternoon, and One Small Step. And we watched mm-hmm. Weekends. Um, Weekends wasn't available for us to watch online, but it was uh, there was like an interview with the creator of that piece. And so we had these amazing conversations about it. And of course, a lot of them had seen Bao because it opened for Incredibles 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we watched Late Afternoon and One Small Step. So Late Afternoon was this beautiful piece about an older woman with dementia falling into her memories. Uh-huh. And, you know, Oscar loves an old person story. And so um, that piece was lovely. And, um, and then One Small Step was a story of a young girl who wants to grow up to be an astronaut. 
And so we watched both of these movies, right? So one of my students who had done meticulous research on Oscar categories uh-huh. and had been f- like finding me every day at break and at lunch and like having these, but who's going to win for production design? I don't know what to put down. And I'm like, child, you are mine. Yeah. Come under my <laughs> wing. Let's talk. Let us talk. Let's talk. So we're watching late afternoon, right? And it's this beautiful instrumental music. And he says... Can't you just wait? Can't you just like hear this music being used on the Olympic ice? And I was like, if you were 20 years older, we would be best friends. It's like at that moment, a gay was born. (laughs) I looked at that kid and I was like, you understand me. (laughs) I had such a like very powerful moment where like he said that just as like a passing joke to his friends like can't you just wait to hear this being performed like on the olympic ice like this music on the olympic ice and i was like did you grab your chest i clutched my literal pearls i was wearing pearls (laughs) i clutched my pearls and my bow tie and i was like what did you just say what did you just do to me because yes i think that way all yeah. the time. And I don't know that other people do. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. In that moment, I felt so seen. Yeah. <laughs> and there it is. So thank you, Animated Shorts. But Late Afternoon did not win. Bow did. And awesome. As yes, it should. As it should. Okay. Um, fuck Green Book. Period. End of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I did not watch Green Book. I did not watch a lot of these films. I do not want to watch Green Book. The other day I was like, I work, I work easily 30, 45 minutes from home, right? Uh, away from my house. So if there's traffic that's going to delay my commute to be like an hour and a half, I will go and I'll watch a movie. Mm-hmm. And the movies that were available at the time that I wanted to go were like Green Book or the Lego Movie 2. You sure should know that I sat in an empty theater by myself eating a hot dog, uh, eating a chili cheese hot dog, watching the fucking Lego Movie. Good, good Because you. you know what? I ain't giving no fucking money to that shit. Fuck Green Book. Fuck Green Book. Here's, I don't need to know. I don't need to watch it to know that. You here's, know. here's what I will say about this. Um, it's opened up a really large conversation about white savior complex and mm-hmm. um and and I felt um I felt a little crazy last month when we were talking about it and I like came at it with such anger and I like I hate hate hated that movie so much um because all of these people kept telling me before I had seen that movie oh it was so great Oh, yeah. it was so good. Yeah. Oh, no, it was a really feel-good movie. And so when I had such a like vehement loathing of that movie, it made me feel crazy. Like, am I missing something? Do I need to go back and watch this? The fuck? You know? Um, so for me to have that kind of anger the night of Oscar night, I mean, we were, like, disgusted that it won and that it won screenplay. The two awards I didn't want it to win. Yeah. Screenplay and directing. <laughs> the next morning, to to see the kind of outrage that everyone had for that winning, I was like, thank you. Validated, yes. I felt so validated in that, but also felt like 
now we can have this conversation openly. Yeah. Now we can talk about the fact that like, no, you don't need to shove a white savior picture down anyone's throat anymore. Cause it's 2019. So like go to bed y'all. We don't need another driving Miss Daisy. Spike Lee lost 30 years ago. Do the right thing. Lost to driving Miss Daisy. And 30 years later, black Klansman lost to Another driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. The look on his face. Well, he was pissed. And then the next day there were all these, uh, these articles written that like he just up and walked out and, and, um, and left, but there's been so much literature, so many articles and opinion pieces written about, about that moment, about the fact that like, we're recognizing all the wrong things and that in that in a year of such diversity in Oscars, Oscars still got it wrong because they had to reward a white savior. Because it's also like the movie speaks to the movie speaks to a type of fragility right now where it's like, we need to know that there are good white people. Yeah. And I'm like, there are also really shitty white people out there. And you also, as we learned today with, as we learned this week with the Michael Cohen hearings, you don't have to be, you, you can be, participating in racist things and not be a racist yourself. Mm -hmm. Also, what I didn't like was white faces accepting these Oscars, which was supposed to be about like telling a black man's story. I think anytime, anytime we tell a black story through a white lens, we're doing it wrong. Did you vomit when you they were... You should not be doing it at all. Did you vomit when they kept thinking that Vigo Mortensen... I... Uh, and I was like, bitch, Mahershala Ali just won a fucking Oscar for portraying one of the greatest musical minds of the 20th century. But, you know, here you are t- attacking Vigo Mortensen, Goomba... What did you call him? Goomba. I called him, like, the worst, the worst Italian slurs ever. Yeah, the worst Italian slurs. I kind slurs. of want to, like, retroactively apologize for it. But, like, yes, he was, like, Guinea Goomba. Yeah. Like, just it was like, so bad, yeah. It was just, like, you know, we don't need, like, it, it just felt like such a disservice where mm-hmm. you you had so much and then all of that taken away. And you know what? You know who is the person that we deserve to apologize for in all of this? Julia fucking Roberts. You know why? Because she opened that envelope and she really didn't want to say Green Book. Yeah. But she's all like, Green Book. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't hit me. <laughs> like, don't hit me right really, now. Please don't yeah. hate me right now. <laughs> but I was like... No, who we really need to apologize to is, is the family and the estate of Dr. Shirley. Well, yes. That is who... they yes. were the people who were not consulted on the writing of this script. And... Yeah. They are the people who have been like so outspoken and saying that this movie like totally distorted history and it's a black story is told through a white man's experience. That's wrong. We can't do that anymore. So fuck Green Book. Yeah. And fuck Green Book. And I'm really glad that people are starting to, um, not starting to, but that, that I'm not alone in this kind of rage. But like, I also feel like, You know, there was this moment on the red carpet and I posted about this on social, like, um, where Vigo Mortensen was talking to Ryan Seacrest, like white man to white man. Trying not to say the N word. White man to white man (laughs) saying like, oh, this, I learned so much from this movie. I learned you can't say the N word. I know. And Vigo (laughs) was like, yeah, I know. I learned a lot from this movie too. And it's really educational. It's going to start showing in schools. Jesus. At this point, I was... I literally threw my laundry at my television 
and screamed. I was like, fuck you. It's not going to be shown in schools. Fuck you. Not if I have anything to say about fuck it. Fuck you. Before you show my babies any kind of bullshit white savior, fuck no. Mm-mm. No. No. It'll be like Green Book, Driving Miss Daisy, and The Blind Side. You know, oh, we God. got white saviors and magical Negroes. So, so, so bad. Um, there was Seth Seth Meyers posted. Uh-huh. Did you see that his satirical response to it? Uh, yeah. He created this spot called... The white, white Savior. Called The White Savior, which was like a parody of a movie trailer, which like absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Absolutely nailed everything wrong with Green Book and... And and there it is, and says it much more articulately, articulately than I can. But how do you think? How do you think Mahershala Ali is all? You know, I don't know. But that's it. Like when he accepted that Oscar, I was embarrassed for him, and I was like, I just, how do you feel accepting this Oscar for this movie? Yeah. And like, why did you accept that part? Yeah. Why did you take that job? Yeah. It was. They're so they missed the mark. So. On so many levels there. And the fact that it was rewarded as the best picture of the year. Mm -hmm. For 2018. Was kind of unforgivable. I mean, really unforgivable. You know what was not unforgivable, though? Tell me. Oscar fashion. Can we move forward into the fashion? Yeah, because we need to end on a good note. We have to talk about Billy Porter. Yes, mother work pose. Yes, Christian Siriano. Yes. yes. So, you know, Billy Porter, right? So Hector Eleganza of the House of Eleganza, legendary father of the House of Eleganza, has passed um, recently. And this was just the best and most perfect way to honor that It was that such man. a love letter. It was so beautiful. So I read this whole Vogue article from um, uh, Billy Porter was interviewed by, by Vogue about that moment, like the following day or two, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he said that the way that this, this happened was he had gotten this red carpet job from ABC or whatever. Yeah. Um, And he wanted to have a moment and he said, I don't always feel comfortable in suits or tuxedos and, you know, that doesn't always feel right to me. And he said one of his aunts had said to him, you know, like every time you leave the house, dress for the job you want, yeah, not the job you have. And so he said, I want to run shit. (laughs) And that's why I leave the house looking the way I do every day. And I don't always feel that confident, but I want to run the world. Yeah. So here it is. And you know what? Who run the world? Girls. Exactly. So, so, but then he said he approached Christian Siriano, like almost, I think it was pretty last minute. And he said, do you have time or how do you feel like, like, or do you have time to make me a gown? And Christian Siriano said, absolutely. Fierce. So, so um, he said that they had a lot of conversation around it. And he said that it was very important to to walk this line carefully because this was not drag yeah he is Mm -hmm. not in drag he is a man in a dress and that's Mm -hmm. different yeah you know and so he just wanted to feel confident and play with the masculine and the feminine and all that and so they had two looks they had the big giant ball gown you know for that red carpet moment and then when he was interviewing he was in like loose palazzo pants or something and he said he never felt more beautiful Mm. I mean, that moment was everything. Did you see the Glenn Close? Yes, of course. I want Glenn Close to look at me that way. Observes him and like approvingly nods in her 
amazing regal Glenn Close way. You could tell that she was shooketh, and she you could was tell like, that she was jealous. Yeah, she, she was, was like, like, I want to look like that. Do you know who won Oscar fashion this year? Capes. Capes Everyone did. had a cape, and it was lots like, of capes. Lots of capes. Glenn Close said that hers weighed forty pounds. I'm like, well, that can't be good for your back health, Glenn Close. Yeah, You're not she, a spring chicken. She also has, like, great posture. So I know. It's like, she's so regal. Yeah. Yeah. Capes won. Honestly, I loved all of the fashion. I loved the tuxedos that were uh, an array of color. I loved all of the gowns. Hot pink was the color this year. Yeah. And, like, all levels of pink were going down. There were three gowns that I did not like. Name them. They were. The... Red patent leather condom that Rachel Weiss was wearing. Because she was wearing a lovely red gown, but then she put like a patent leather condom <laughs> shoulder cape over. Yeah. And it was a, unnecessary. It was weird. And I was like, get rid of that shit. It's no. like, what are you doing? Your character no. also like wears pants. Why didn't you wear fucking pants? It was weird. Yeah. It was weird. Then Linda Cardellini looked like a shower loofah. I didn't, I don't remember seeing her at all. Linda Cardellini looked like a shower loofah and I thought that's what you get for being in Green Book. (laughs) Bye. Go to bed. Yeah. Um, It was like distastefully short up front. Mm -hmm. Lots of tool, like shower loofah layers and then like a long train. We saw her briefly on stage at the end when it won best picture but i had saw her on the red carpet and i was like the fuck no mm-hmm. um and then casey musgraves also oh yes was a lot of pink tool why the fuck layers. was she there like yeah you won a grammy but she like, just won grammy's best um best album of the year, album best of the year. Of the year. and yeah. then she had to introduce the country duo right yes the bumpkins the bumpkins <laughs> um and, and she was someone who also was like i know how green book feels i didn't think i win either yeah yeah <laughs> So, so yeah. She mm. also also very recently had an off color moment. <gasps> she performed the Selena tribute. Oh yes, at the Houston she did arena. Uh-huh. Like in a tribute to Selena's last show at in that same yeah. Houston arena that uh-huh. was like twenty five years ago or something. The opening of the movie, day. right? Yeah, um, and she performed it and was like, but. But are you Latino? No. <laughs> no. no. But maybe Cardi B, okay. who actually is Latinx. She did, she did have the blessings and praise from Selena's family, but I digress. Back to the Oscars. Casey Musgraves mm-hmm. didn't like your dress. Whatever. Those were the three dress moments I did not like. Um, I will say the of, of non-dress accor, decor, right? Mm-hmm. I did love, I really loved Aquafina and uh, I really loved Aquafina and I really loved Amy Poehler. Um, yeah, I thought Amy suits, po- there were a lot of suits, a lot, lot of suits. Of um, I thought Amy Poehler could have toned down the eye makeup a little bit, a touch, but, but she was basically in like a yeah. suit, you know, so she had to glam up her face. I get yeah. that. Um, and then, you know, lastly, Selma fucking Blair. <gasps> yes. Can we talk about that moment? Selma Blair, man. And I was like, why does she have a cane? And I, I, I just keep thinking, and then when, you know, since then it's like, all of this stuff is coming out about her her battle with MS and how mm-hmm. it's this like very she's at a stage where now it's rapidly degenerating. And I listened to her interview that yep. she did with Robin Roberts. So again. I want to talk about that yes. because what is captured in photograph uh-huh. is not uh, um, is a very different picture yeah. than what's presented in movement yeah. and mm-hmm. in speech. Mm-hmm. And so in a still photograph. 
she took the most beautiful regal photo of her with her cane standing strong in her disease and in herself. And it was amazing, right? Then you see red carpet footage of her walking away from the red carpet, wobbly and needing assistance. And like, and then you understand how much it took for her to be there in that moment and to put on that gown and to walk with that kind of confidence uh, was amazing. And then just a few days ago, the Robin Roberts interview came out and, and we all kind of got this insight into the the depth of her disease and and what's going on with her MS. But that Oscar moment and everything in the Vanity Fair photo studio after Mm -hmm. just perfection. Jennifer Lewis. Perfection. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Jennifer Lewis bringing Shangela to the Oscars. Was Shangie the first drag queen at the Oscars? I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure RuPaul's been. I'm sure RuPaul's been, but like, you know, was it also necessary for Shangela to be there? No. Did she was in A Star is Born, I yeah. guess, but whatever. She was probably... I mean, again, they were Mark Shaman's guests, so... Yeah, I guess. So... So, all in all, I think there were some really, really big celebrations for Oscar mm-hmm. this year. Tons of women won. Tons, Tons of, of people of color won. Uh-huh. Still waiting on queers. Beautiful fashion. Yes. Um, I feel like the queer stuff is always like, it's always the people in the technical stuff. Cause yeah. they're all like, I want to thank my partner. Like I love that when, uh, when Coco won and there was like, I want to thank my husband. Yeah. Like I love that stuff, yeah. but like, it would be nice mm-hmm. one day mm-hmm. to have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think we're on our way. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we have this kind of beautiful inclusion starting to happen and now we need Oscar to just not be a dick and then reverse all of that progress by rewarding a movie like Green Book. Yeah. So stop being a dick, Oscar. So fuck you, Green Book. Fuck you, Green Book. Fuck you, Peter Farrelly. Fuck you, Peter Farrelly. And congratulations to all the other winners. Yes. Hey. <laughs> and and We salute you. And to paraphrase every Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences president, now more than ever. <laughs> <laughs> now more than ever. Fuck Green Book. Now more than ever. Fuck Green Book. Oh, sorry. Real quick. Yes, we have time. We got to backtrack to the In Memoriam. Uh, they left out Carol Channing. No, they had her. No. Yeah, they, I thought they had Carol Channing. They I thought did I saw not. Her. <gasps> they oh. left out Carol Channing in the In Memoriam. And I was watching with our friend Michael, who um, who is connected to lots of uh, film producers because he runs a bunch of film festivals and he he was connected with someone from her estate who checked in with the Academy, like where was Carol Channing? And, um, they said, you know, she just, she was not like, she won for thoroughly modern Millie. Yeah. And they said, you know, with, with today's Oscar voter, they didn't feel that she was relevant. <gasps> I mean, no. that's where Oscar gets it wrong. If you're going to honor everyone who it has worked in this industry, then you honor Everyone who has passed in this industry, every single person. Also, it's Carol fucking Channing. It's Carol fucking Channing. Show some respect. And that was like, that was the shitty, shitty, shitty thing. So now more than ever, Oscar, don't be a dick. Yeah. Include everyone. Mm-hmm. Stop rewarding movies like Green Book. Yeah. You know, but also to keep up the good work. 
Yes. <laughs> Keep up the good stuff you're doing because, you know, we love a pageant and we're still going to be and here we'll for be, it. And we will be here again next year. We will be here for you next To, to year. criticize the next white savior movie that comes to fuck our shit up. Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay. So thanks for listening, guys. I'm glad we made this a separate episode. I'm really glad we went in. Oscar was a beast this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar, Oscar. All right, yo. So we're leaving you now from this red carpet. See you next year, kids. Bye. Bye.